And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we go back to the stars with our featured guest who's going to talk about what is happening in the world of astrology. He happens to be the son of psychic medium Joyce Keller, who's appeared on our show several times, and you can tell that uh, this gentleman is very talented. Before we begin, I just want to say that uh, tonight's program is dedicated to Jonathan and Melissa Rickers. These are two awesome listeners I had the pleasure of speaking with, and the first thing I got after talking with them is picking up is that they are warriors. They are warriors of the light, and I'm so glad they're on our side because if they were working for the forces of tyranny, we'd be in real, real trouble. But, uh, you know, there we turns out we both had a child last year within 10 days of each other. So clearly our, our two kids are going to grow up and uh, get into a lot of trouble together, which is pretty wild. Melissa is giving me some feedback. and She's like, Ryan, is there any possibility you could add some more hope, hopeful messages in the show? And I'm like, all right, I'll do that. So I will try to be more hopeful in the midst of everything going to hell. I will really try to do that. That is known as the Melissa Rickers rule. And I will try to keep that in mind every time we go. And believe me, if you have some constructive criticism or if you think you know, things are terrible criticism, don't hesitate to tell me. I'm very open. I've been married for, oh my God, I think I've been, mar- I think I've been married for 10 years. I don't know. I have to check the, the calendar. But it's been a long time. So I can handle uh, criticism, I think, better than most people. Oh, and I also have two dogs that, that walk all over me. So, yeah, I can handle criticism. Eileen <laughs> Vasquez, another one of our listeners, reached out, and she was asking about Ben Fuchs, and she was asking about how people like him get on the show. Well, I think the show's got a frequency about it, and it draws certain people. So Ben was one of those individuals. And a lot of people that appear on the program are actually suggestions by listeners. So please don't hesitate to tell me who you think would be a great fit for the show, and I will reach out to him without hesitation. But um, one thing I want to bring to your attention before we start is that our featured guest says a few times that, oh, you know, part of your mission here is to save the world. Part of your astrological sign is that, um, you know, you're here to save the world. And let me just say something. I am not here to save the world. I am not some undercover angel or being that is here to save the world. I don't want to save the world, okay? I just want to work with people and find people who are like-minded, kind-hearted, that have freedom in their hearts, that want to build a sense of community and just, you know, evolve and grow because even without the tyranny and the looming nutcases that are running around Earth, I think this place has got a lot of wonderful things to experience and to offer, so... But no, my purpose here is not to save the world. It is to do a show 
and to drive some people crazy and to have fun and walk through this weird evolution with you together. Let us begin. It is a great joy to welcome to our show today Dr. Scott Keller. He's a straw dramatical intuitive, diabetic specialist, and chiropractor. Learn more about Dr. Scott by going to his website at ask-drscott.com. Dr. Scott also happens to be the son of Joyce Keller, one of our most beloved guests and dear friend of the show. Dr. Scott Keller, welcome to our show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Ryan. Thank you so much for that beautiful welcome. I'm doing great. Okay. How are you guys doing? No, we're doing pretty unbelievable. You know, the whole pandemic lockdown just got us to have four or five more chins, so it's just... I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Scott, you have a very interesting and unusual background in astrologer and medical intuitive. Can you please talk about how the type of astrology that you do, how it differs than conventional astrology? Wow. Okay. What a great question. And, um, you know, I love the fact, Ryan, that you know my mom, Joyce. Many people ask me, how did you become so well-versed in astrology and Ayurveda? And, you know, because you know my mom, you know that my sister and I were basically raised in a very metaphysical upbringing. So the and plus I have four planets in my own personal natal chart in Pisces, which makes me have a natural inclination towards things of a metaphysical and an ephemeral nature. Now, one of the ways, excuse me, one of the ways that my form of astrology and Ayurvedic medicine differs is that we have taken very complicated Vedic concepts and tried to Americanize them and Westernize them for this area of the world. Ayurveda and astrology were always designed to be utilized together. They were created by the ancient Vedics over 20,000 years ago in India. But we have to remember that was, if you're not part of the flat earth community, we can recognize that was 20,000 miles around the other side of the earth where it was a different time and there was different physiologies and there were different planetary uh, configurations. So what we decided was that over 30 years of working at the Edgar Casey Foundation, where I was basically working as a chiropractor, I was teaching classes on astrology and metaphysics and meditation, we decided that we were going to do a lot of readings for people because here's what I think is the biggest hook of all. After going to school for nine years of medicine and chiropractic and 30 years of experience and all those years of diagnostics on the Western medical level, I realized that I get more diagnostic information on one of my clients through the use of their astrological natal chart and their Ayurvedic profile that I can do with my partner, Pamela. She's here right now. She helps me. We can get more diagnostic information in 10 to 15 minutes on them physically, in their relationships and in their karmic path than we can for all those years of clinical diagnosis. So I think in a nutshell, that pretty much describes how it's a little bit different than other people. And plus, I have the luxury of being a physician, and I also do individual and couples counseling as well as behavioral cognitive therapy, for which we include astrology and Ayurveda. Okay, and if you are looking and you are doing the astrological chart for the trajectory of the world right now, one of somebody we've had on our show, uh, her color of virtue, Constance Dallas, is talking about this battle between I think Uranus and Pluto. That there's that there's two forces that are pulling upon civilization right now. What do you foresee is happening on a grander scale with the planet? I mean, I guess some people always talk about they're human-centered. Being this is a battle of humanity. I'm just wondering if it's an actual battle between all the life forces and all life energies on Earth. So what do you foresee happening in the next couple of years based on what you're able to garner from astrology? 
That is a fantastic question. And you are right at the forefront of all this because as we were just talking about your chart in particular, Ryan reflects somebody who's here to really change the world. I look at myself as being that way and everybody who has your um, Aquarius in their chart with the natural rebels and the natural, um, you know, uh, chest thumpers in regard to changing and transforming the world. Now, before we talk about what's going on for 2021, and especially in regard to Uranus and Pluto, which just changed signs, we have to go back and look at what happened in 2020. Oh, my God. Can I tell you, Ryan, we have never experienced anything like this. No. We, in 2020, we had an astrological configuration. And before I tell you about 2020, I just want to do a small footnote. I just got done talking about how, as a clinician, I get to utilize what many might consider an ephemeral science, but it is a science. The body's 70 to 80% body fluids, and they're all affected by the heavy gravitational and radioactive energies and magnetisms by all the planets in the solar system. Those things affect us. They affect our behavior. They affect our patterns. They affect our neurological circuitry. And at the moment the doctor smacks you on the rear end and you come into this consciousness, you implement all those magnetic forces into all your neurological tissues in your brain, creating all your likes and dislikes and tendencies. Now, that's the astrological imprint and how we manifest that energy is what we like to measure through Ayurveda or Ayurvedic medicine. Now in 2020, back to your question, man, oh man, this was a biggie. We had what's called a conjunction. Without getting into too much heavy terminology on astrology, we'll just say conjunction means all these little bitchy planets got in a row and in line with one another. And we know that whenever you put things in line with one another, you have much more power. If you try to push over your friend, you can slam him in the chest and he'll fall backwards. But to put two of his friends behind him and you can't budge him, right? Same thing in astrology. We put Saturn, one of the nastiest planets in the solar system, which teaches us lessons, with Pluto and Jupiter in 2020, and they were all in Capricorn. That meant in 2020, we were supposed to learn our Capricorn lessons. Now, because mom and I do a show weekly, we figured out clever ways to reach people without getting too heavy into the science of this. But we'll just say, if Saturn represents the father who's teaching you lessons, Saturn is like the father who smacks you on the rear end for running out into traffic in front of your friends. He embarrasses the heck out of you, but you know what? Your father taught you a lesson and he saved your life. <clears throat> Pardon me. Well, that's what went on in 2020. In 2020, we entered Saturn in Capricorn. Capricorn is the structure of our social foundation, our taxes, our school district, and our social existence. And because it was Capricorn and Saturn, everyone as a global community had to learn the lesson of going inside and destructuring our basic, most fundamental structures of our existence. That included our political structure and everything. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Because Jupiter was in the same little line as one of those friends standing behind Saturn, it made this not double or triple fold, but like four times the amount of strength. Because Jupiter is kind of like the Marshall Stack amplifier, which amplifies everything. Now, for 2021, this is where it gets interesting. We are leaving Saturn, the father teaching us those lessons, and we're leaving Capricorn. Saturn is going into your sun and mercurial sign of Aquarius. Okay. So does this mean, are we going from, from one abusive cycle to another abusive cycle? I just don't see how 
I know some people say, well, yeah, it can't be worse than 2020. I'm like, I think 2021 through 2024 is going to be awful. I don't know. This is my perspective, just looking at it from just engaging it and seeing how things are. And then I look at a uh, gentleman, Martin Armstrong, who's working following. It's like, well, I'm probably going to have a civil war in the U.S. by 2027. And I could see that totally happening. I could see that people are just losing their stuff and they want to be left alone. But I don't know. Is it going to be more positive or more negative than 2020, you think? It's a, it's a great point you make. And the, it, what it really comes down to is something we were talking about the other day, Ryan. Who are the people who are going to move their consciousness into a fifth dimensional consciousness to be here to support one another, to help us transform and to go into the next age? And who of us is going to go and remain in that third dimensional consciousness where they're saying, I'm not changing my views on anything. I'm staying right where I am and I'm not moving. Well, we know, especially you and I both coming from a lot of Aquarian nature, which is, you know, expanded consciousness at its core. We know that if we don't transform, we die. So if we're going to get involved with the people who are resistant to change and man, oh man, everything in our Zodiac and there's five planets right now this week as we talk that are going into Aquarius, which is saying across the board, everybody better get ready to change and shift their consciousness. If you don't, you're going to get run over by a steamroller. Wait, wait a second. So is this like an indication that maybe we're going to have some aliens going to come back and they're going to be like, listen, we're the aliens. We've been here a long time. Now it's time to face judgment because I would totally love that to happen. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I'm Go trying ahead. to tell them speak about it. I know. You know I'm not joking Ryan, about this stuff. I have. You, I think I, I'm I, being tongue in cheek about it. I think okay. on a metaphorical level, you might be right. I'm trying to. Here's. I'll, I'll pick up something. I may have said this before because I really have short term memory, but I have been. My wife caught me outside one time. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm trying to talk to aliens." She goes, "Humans will not even talk to you. Stop talking to aliens. They want nothing to do with you." <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to tell them that we're oh, not going to be. I tell them, like I try to tell them like, listen, we're never going to be able to join the council. There's just too many bad people. Like, just, just give up on us. Shoot the shoot the laser like they did in Star Wars. And she's like, come inside, feed the baby. <laughs> you know, Ryan, that's so funny and it's so typical of you. Um, but you know what? I think on a metaphoric level, you you make a very good point. You know, there is going to be some major shifting and some major upheaval because, you know, of all the 12 signs in the Zodiac, and we know that energetically these constellations around the solar system have a very direct neurological pull on us. Of all of those signs, yours and mine to a degree, um, Aquarius had the largest opportunity to not only – you know, speak to aliens, but to really step out of the box and get out of what is the normal conformist approach. This is one of the reasons you are the incredible rebel and, and earth shaker that you are. And now if you get back to what's going on presently, yeah, we're in a full moon in Leo right now. So that's giving a little bit of opposition to what's going on. But consider the fact that there's five planets going into Aquarius. The sun, which is going to affect all of us, especially those of us born under Aquarius as we're going into Aquarius right now. Mercury, which ironically you have in Aquarius also. Mercury represents how our brains work. So we're all going to be thinking like rebels and uh, revolutionaries. Um, this, is what's meant, this is what we mean by global astrology. There's an element of global oneness that we all experience, and then there's an individual. It's very important that your listening audience understands something. If you want to know what to do about how to mitigate and ameliorate some of these heavy-duty tendencies, the trick here is to get yourself a reading by a grid-qualified specialist 
who understands astrology and Ayurveda, who can look at your individual challenges. Now with you, if you don't mind me saying so, we look at Saturn. We know that as a global community, Saturn was in Capricorn for the global uh, community all through 2020, which is what happened during the pandemic. And now Saturn is moving for the global community into Aquarius, which is going to kind of create a little bit of a lesson and a stranglehold on our oneness because it's all it's all rebellious lessons of rebellion but if you want to know what to do to quell some of your own personal reactivity and your own personal desire to deal with your own reactivity towards wanting to change the world because it's just never going to change fast enough for you you just move too quickly you look at your own personal saturn correction and for you, Mr. Ryan McCormick, your own personal Saturn correction goes through Leo. Okay. And I'll tell you what that means. Is that good? But isn't that like you say something about Leo moon happening now? Well, the moon is in Leo right now, but that's a good element that allows us all to feel a little bit like we're um, expressing ourselves in a more outward way. Okay. But what we're trying to look at is your personal karmic correction. Oh, okay. And I look, at, I look at your personal, where was Saturn at the moment you were born? Saturn was in Leo, the sign of Leo. When you're trying to make corrections, you don't look at the good elements of Leo. We look at the, the, the misuse of Leo, all the egotism, all the, you know, the world revolves around me kind of stuff. I'm not saying that's true with you, but what I am saying is this is an opportunity for you to look at yourself and say, okay, am I expressing any of the misuses of Leo at its worst? And that's the way to be able to ameliorate some of your frustration. As an example, I have Saturn in Pisces, so I look at some of the misuse. I, even though it's my sun sign, it's also my Saturn sign, so I look at Pisces misuse in order to correct my Saturn, which will make me happier, and that's all about the escapism of Pisces being a dreamer. That's not so good, so I know I'm not being productive when I get caught up in that dreamy place. For you, it's very important with your Saturn in Leo that you let go of the ego. If there's issues of egocentricism or that the world revolves around you or that you're the king and the battler and that it's your way and that's the way it should be and no other way, then that's something you have to look at. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty much describes it. It does. It has to be my way. What about you? What has been the biggest uh, leap in your evolution and the biggest leap in your perception that helped open your perception? That's awesome. You know, you. all the all the interviews that I've done all, all year, because people are really struggling, um, <clears throat> especially this year, last year, no one's ever really asked me that question. But I have to tell you, I think one of the biggest things, even after doing astrology as a way of diagnosing and helping people, my biggest realization is that my, my partner, Pam, and I, who have been doing so many readings, got to be over 500 readings in 2020 alone, is that we noticed and I applied it to myself, and Pam did herself, and you're going to now, has been the self-correction of understanding Saturn. You know, when the Cassini satellite was sent up 13 years ago, they said, we're going to send it directly towards Saturn. You know, the Vedics talked about Saturn as being the place that can be a little bit bitchy. And if we understand Saturn, we can take this out of our chart and be left with nothing but happiness. And when the Cassini satellite got to Saturn 13 years later, they said, oh, look at the pretty planet with all the gaseous rings around it. Why is it considered such a bitch in the Vedic uh, astrological world or even in, uh, in the tropical astrological um, understanding? Well, when Cassini got close to those rings, you know what they found, Ryan? 
they found that the rings are not made up of gases. The rings are made up of shards of glass, silicone, and ice crystals. And you know what happened when Cassini tried to approach those, those rings? It got torn to shreds, and it went on an immediate suicide mission and fell to its death inside Saturn because it tried to pass those rings. Well, those rings are a metaphor because if you can understand those rings and understand how to navigate through them, the Vedics knew this. And it's a great metaphor for us to understand how to navigate through our Saturn challenges. Mine has been in Pisces, as I just explained, and as I've learned for myself to not be some of the mis- the poor negative qualities of Pisces, like the escapist, like the dreamer, like the excessively attached to my people from my past type of person. I've been left with more happiness and progressiveness, and then I'm in a power place to help other people. That's been the big one. And I think for you, as you, as we look at your chart and also your, your, you know, your newborn baby rider, which we're so happy we had a chance to look at his chart as well. Um, I don't see his Saturn, but we would talk about something else, which is Jupiter. Um, I have learned as we developed <clears throat> this four-part class, it's astrology and Ayurveda for health, ANA for love and romance and relationships, and ANA for karmic path um, and for career. We've noticed that the importance of Saturn and Jupiter over these last few years as science has backed up its efficacy and its accuracy. We found out that Saturn and Jupiter are much more important to people's individual happiness than ever before. And that is one of the reasons why we have to continuously update all these sciences, including an age-old science like astrology. I told you Saturn with the rings, new discovery, right? Guess what? New discovery about Jupiter also. Why is Jupiter considered the planet of such abundance? Well, we found out scientifically, we've always known for years that each planet has magnetism, and its magnetism is proportional to its mass. Guess what? The only planet that doesn't have magnetism that's proportional to its mass, Jupiter. Seven times the amount of magnetism, science can't figure it out. It's like developing, it's like discovering a new element never never discovered before. And Jupiter represents our abundance. And you, my dear friend, have Jupiter in Gemini. So your newborn baby is, yeah, your newborn baby, Ryder, is going to be the apple of your eye because Pam is sitting here with me and we're looking at what is she, what has he got? One, two, three, four, five planets in Gemini. This kid is going to be, this, you guys are going to be bosom buds because he's going to represent all your expansion because you have Jupiter in Gemini. And that's your happiness. Yeah, well, he definitely. I love, love this kid, but I always tell him. I mean, he, he's he's in the office. I said, "Don't do what I don't do what Daddy does." And he smiles <laughs> at me. I said, "Don't don't don't do what Daddy does. Don't do what Daddy." Does. And he's, he's he obviously disobeying. So we're going to come up with a strategy for that. Um, you know, I'm always curious about how astrology ultimately manifests into human behavior, human trajectories. When you incorporate the idea that okay, we're in this universe. And you have all these planetary systems kind of like moving all at the same time. So I'm wondering, there was a talk a long time ago, or maybe even recently, about this idea of being there being a planet X, where there's going to be a planet that was so big, so massive, that it was clearly exerting some kind of gravitational pull on all the other planets. And I'm not even sure if it was even a planet X, or it was a black hole in the center of our universe that we haven't even notified, been notified yet. But when you have the introduction or the subtraction of a substantially large celestial type object, how does that in general increase or decrease the effects of 
astrological uh, traits associated with planetary involvement? Such an amazing question. I Thank love you. doing interviews. I love doing interviews with air signs. I got to say that <laughs> without blowing too much smoke up your butt, I got to tell you, your your Aquarius nature precedes itself. Well, the, Thank you. you know, I, I try to keep we, Pam and I try to keep this astrology course on a one-on-one level because it can become extremely layered. You know, just as an example, before I tried to use the simple example of having your friends stack back to back. Well, you know, when you're born and you're picking up all the gravity from, say, Mercury or Venus or Mars, you have to include, and this goes right hand in hand with what you just said, Ryan, that you have to include not only nine other aspects, you have to include their radioactive gravitational magnetism against the sun, reflecting off the sun, back against this planet, hitting these elements on Uranus and coming back to the Earth. It's just absolutely staggering. And then when you've got configurations of things in line with one another, which right now we have five planets in Aquarius, obviously these things all play a factor in, in, its, in its complication, but a good qualified astrologer and Ayurvedic practitioner will be able to tell you what it means for the individual. Remember something, Ryan, there's 8.2 billion of us on this planet, and that means there's 8.2 billion different enzymatic makeups, enzymatic um, uh, uh, par par participation, karmic paths, protein synthesis. It's all individual, and it has to be looked at as an individual. What we try to do is we try to make the beginning part of all of our readings very simple. And Pam is pointing to this beautiful astral triangle that we have that basically makes up about 65% of who you are. And that includes your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising. If people get nothing out of this little astrological discussion, we hope that they will at least walk away with wanting to understand something besides their sun sign. Oh, you meet a girl in the bar and she says, oh, what's your sign? Okay, I'm Pisces or I'm Aquarius. Well, who cares? That's one minuscule part of all the gravity that was going on at the moment you took your first breath. For you, as an example, your moon, which Pam is pointing to your moon in Scorpio because she loves that. She has a moon in Scorpio also. The moon represents, as an example, that beautiful celestial object in the sky. And it's always been this romantic, beautiful, um, you know, uh, imagery. But we know that it has a gravitational pull that's so powerful that it can actually raise the water levels on our planet, 6 to 12 feet, every day, twice a day. Well, let's think about what that does to our, our body humors, like lymphatic fluid and blood and cerebral spinal fluid. For you, it's in the sign of Scorpio at 6 degrees. It means that even with all your aggressive, rebellious, soldiering type of um, energy, there's a part of you that is extremely... When you have a quiet moment and you're staring out the window and you get to really look at what your heart is asking for, it's looking for things of a mystical nature. That's your Scorpio speaking to you. It's looking for things like Scorpio moon people typically dream about having very intense, intense relationships with people and like to express sensuality. That's part of what your heart chakra and what your emotions are asking for. So there's other another other key elements in the solar system that I wanted to share with you, which was about the North Node. And you have something really cool in the North Node. But I don't know if I answered your question about all those. No, you did. You answered answer the question. I, I, I think that what are some of the ways that a person can utilize their astrological qualities to their advantage? And, and there's another part to this is that I always find ourselves in the midst of uh, the world going off a cliff, at least humanity going off a cliff. I feel that the handful of smart people on the planet that are very evil are pulling people into this. They're making 
psychotic behavior normal and people are going along with it, not really fighting and standing up. I mean, there's a small percentage of us that are doing it, but I don't know if the small percentage of us can resist the um, the herd uh, of idiots that are kind of like going along with this stuff. So for the people out there, the, the small percentage out there, how do we utilize astrology to maximize or enhance our efforts so... I don't know. Maybe we've got a chance before we we fall or we get you know wiped out by these evil people. That's it. That's a really good point. Hey, um, Ryan, have you ever have you ever taken um, martial arts? Yes. So in martial arts, if you take jujitsu or taekwondo, one of the first things you learn as somebody throws a punch at you is not to meet that punch head on. If you do, you break the bones in your hand and their hand. But rather to take the energy that's propelling that punch and just Take it and divert it slightly away from your face. It doesn't require a lot of energy. It just requires insight and preparation. Preparation is the key for everything, including utilizing astrology to bring out your highest points and mitigating some of the negative ones. We talked about your Saturn in Leo. Well, there's so much good stuff that you can tap into. I want to give you a perfect example. The North Node is where we left off. North Node is something really great for all of us to tap into. You with your Aquarius, natural Aquarian tendencies of projecting into the future, we would like to discuss the North Node. The North Node is an intersection point of Earth's orbit with the Moon's orbit. What does that mean? Well, we know the Earth travels around the Sun. Imagine the Earth had one of those little trails like a, like a Skyrider plane has and left a nice plume of white, white uh, exhaust behind it. Now, imagine the moon ha- is, has the same plume behind it as it orbits around the Earth. Well, where those two intersection points occur is what Vedic philosophy calls Ketu and Rahu, or what we call the North and South Node. Now, the North Node, you love my mom, so I'm going to give her a pitch right now. Mom's written 13, 14 books on metaphysics. She's written a national bestseller called Why Are We Here? It's almost exclusively regarding the effects of the North Node because what you said earlier, the magnetism of those points is so powerful. We know that at that intersection point that this reflects where we're going with our consciousness. Your North Node is in seven degrees of Libra. It means you're going into a place where you are here karmically to learn how to be Libra. And just the good stuff, bud, not the bad stuff. What's the good stuff of Libra? Learning to create balance. Right now, as we do this interview, I hear, I heard the warrior. I heard the rebel. I heard the beast who wants to change the world. But as we talk, I'm hearing your North Node energy speaking louder and louder and saying, I'm going to be balanced and listen to what Scott's saying and just take three breaths and not try to kill everyone because they're not going to All right, I'll try. I'll give the three breaths a shot. I don't know how... I, I seriously, I do not know how anyone, I mean anyone, can relax, ever. I just, when people say I'm relaxing, I'm like, how is that possible? I, I it just, I, it's like I don't understand. It's kind of like, you know, how people can like eat fire. I'm like, how could you do that? Like, how do you relax? I don't know. So I'll try. I'll give it a shot. Brian, I want you to, I want you to have a half a cucumber a day. And I want you to get off the spicy foods and mitigate. If Pam is waving a no-no over the coffee mug. Right no, now. coffee mug? Well, what? Is, 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 does cucumber have like a roofie in there or something? Maybe it'll work. Yeah. Cuc- cucumber is a natural roofie. Okay. Don't have too many because you <laughs> might, might take advantage of you. <laughs> it's actually one of the best sedatives for the Ayurvedic pizza type. Okay. Now, remember, the three of us are sitting here right now, and we all come from the same Ayurvedic body type. 
which is Pitta, which is aggressive type A ruled by heat. When we look at Pitta people, we see in their astrological chart that they have a lot of aggressive, fiery sun energy around them. Or Aquarius. Aquarius is one of those crossovers which has a lot of Pitta energy. Now, this is where I get to get, I get to pat myself on the back for bridging astrology, modern tropical astrology with the ancient art of Ayurvedic medicine. We can see, even though if you were here in my presence, I would take your pulse, I would look at your tongue, I would see immediately what your Ayurvedic body type is. Or we did a test a little while ago before we started the show. We know that you're 13 out of 15 points on Pitta, while the other ones are like six and seven. So we know Ayurvedically you're Pitta. Pitta cannot relax. So we don't want to lay that label on you. Okay. So we want to That's say That's a good Pitta label can have. relax. Dr. Scott Kelly, I want to thank you so much for being with us. I mean, we can learn more about you by going to your website at ask-drscott.com. And on there, you have a lot of information. You've got a lot of upcoming events. How can people learn more about you and get their own chart done with you? That's the great thing. You know, one of the the things that will help everyone who's struggling right now is to just have their own individual reading. They can contact us at our office in Fort Lauderdale, which the phone number, if you don't mind me giving it, is... Go ahead. 631-375-8702. 631-375-8702. That's 631-375-8702. Um, we are going to do an entire Ayurvedic profile of a complete astrological and medical intuitive reading for you. And then I would say maybe about 75% of our clients tend to keep going on with ongoing therapy after their initial reading because it's really an enjoyable process, Ryan. I have to tell you, you know, years of studying psychotherapy and behavioral patterns you can't really do this without getting more information from a person's individual astrological makeup and their Ayurvedic profile. When you combine those two sciences, it's like unlocking all the mysteries in the universe. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Scott Keller, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Again, website is ask-drscott.com. Dr. Scott, thank you. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our amazing guests, Dr. Scott Keller, and special thanks, as always, to her virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Constance Dallas, and our associate producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Thank you so much for listening. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.